The man in charge of sonic motivation for players. DJ extraordinaire. The official DJ of your Edmonton Oilers. The NHL hub. DJ for the Stanley Cup playoffs. Of the World Junior Hockey Championship. John Hicks. John Hicks. John Hicks, a.k.a. Johnny Infamous. Johnny Infamous. Johnny Infamous. Johnny Infamous. A shout out to DJ Infamous in the building at Rogers Place, keeping the energy up. Yep. Welcome to Between Whistles with your host, Johnny Infamous. Brought to you by the Hockey Podcast Network. Presented by DraftKings. This week is jam-packed with ways for you to have a front-row seat to all of the action. Assemble your team lineup while staying under the salary cap, then sit back and watch your points pile up. Over $7 billion has been paid out to users across all sports. Download the DraftKings app, sign up using code THPN, and get a free entry with your first deposit. Minimum $5 required. Hey there, welcome back to the show everyone It's Wednesday, March 24th, 2021 My name is Johnny Infamous And this is your go-to weekly show On all streaming platforms That introduces you to the folks Behind the curtain of game presentation Broadcasting and the executive branch Of the NHL Not only in audio form But don't forget to check out our visual version of the show That's up on YouTube Search Between Whistles And don't forget to like, comment, and subscribe We know player tracking, analytics, and statistical data collection has become a huge part of sports in the last decade, and the NHL is working to enhance the fan experience by using the newest technology to interpret all the performance information that is produced during a game. From technology inside the puck, the net, even on the players' jerseys, information is being collected faster and in more ways than ever before in real time during every game every night across the league. And whether you're a new fan to hockey or a diehard who just maybe hasn't fully grasped what the league is up to today in terms of tech, today's guest is going to give you some great insight on that. The real-time understanding of the dynamics of each hockey game we watch today in the NHL has come a long way in the last decade. Uh, My guest today is at the helm of the arm of the league that oversees the progression of these aspects of the sport. He's spent 15-plus years in the NHL. Today, we are happy to have Dave Lahansky, Executive Vice President, Business Development and Innovation for the National Hockey League, joining us. Uh, Dave, welcome to Between Whistles. Thank you. Uh, uh, Good to be here. Thanks for having me. Uh, Now, Dave, you were a player yourself in your uh, college days, right? before you started working with the league? I did, I did. You know, I played uh, most of my life, uh, starting at age five and, and up through college and so, uh, and little thereafter. So, yeah, I um, I definitely spent some time participating in the great game. Uh, your role has evolved, obviously, over your 15 years with the NHL, but for people who are just being introduced to you today uh, for the first time, where'd you start with the league and when did overseeing this newer department, the innovation technology side of the sport, uh, become another facet of your work? So I've had a really incredible experience uh, while, while at the NHL. I came on just after the uh, the unfortunate lockout during the 2004-2005 season. So needless to say, you know, the state of affairs at the NHL uh, were, were at a pretty interesting place at that time. Pretty much everybody that was there was kind of in an all-hands-on-deck mentality. We were doing, you know, uh, a number of jobs, but I was mostly focused on managing a lot of our current corporate sponsors and, and trying to find a way to bring in some new ones. And then, you know, probably about, uh, I'd say, you know, maybe maybe five years ago, I started to uh, spend some time really focusing on technology and how we can use technology to create new experiences uh, initially that would 
kind of open us up to potentially new corporate partnerships and new new types of um, infrastructure-based partnerships that can help the league grow and advance, and also looking at how we could use technology to build new experiences, uh, primarily for fans, but also for players and coaches and media partners that would help us to, to grow the game, you know, bring in more fans and, and also bring in uh, more revenue. So the department may be, a, you know, new-ish, but the tracking, you know, tech side of hockey is not. When did a puck technology, for instance, actually become born, I guess? This really originated back in 1994 when Commissioner Batman uh, partnered with our then U.S. broadcaster, Fox Sports, to really pioneer uh, a tracking system for the puck. And, you know, it was called Fox Tracks. Most people refer to it as the glowing puck. Um, it was, you know, not probably criticized more than it was complimented. And, and, but that was just because they were so, so far ahead of their time with it. Right. So the technology just wasn't there to do the things that they wanted to do. And, and what they wanted to do at that time was enhance the broadcast to make hockey more appealing for casual sports fans. But it was really to get people to be able to follow the puck more closely and, and see where it's going and also appreciate the speed of it a little more. Well, lo and behold, it just, it just wasn't working the way they wanted it to. And we probably picked the whole initiative back up really in earnest around 2012, um, 2013, when we, we had the same general objective to determine how we can enhance you know, the live game presentation but wanted to really think how we could do that for not only the puck, but also the players and started testing a number of technologies and systems that would allow us to capture location-based data for the puck and the players throughout every second of every game. Uh, and lo and behold, you know, sort of here we are today where we've, we've just installed the system in, in, in all of our buildings. Yeah, the league rolled out new and improved player tracking at all NHL arenas this season. Can you talk a bit about the new equipment that's required in-house to collect all of this data from afar, on the ice, as well as up close, obviously, in the pucks and on players? Yeah, so it's an infrared-based system, which you know means that light needs to travel in and out of a sensor to get a read on it. So sensors or light emitters uh, manufactured inside the puck and placed on the on the backs of the players on their shoulder pads or in their jerseys in a pocket in a jersey uh, on their backs. And there are um, sixteen infrared cameras positioned throughout every arena at, at varying heights. The varying heights allows you to create a triangulation of between the, the different cameras and the pucks, so you could garner, you know, there's X, there's Y, and there's Z, and Z is basically height, uh, you know, and, and elevation on the puck. So the cameras um, are tracking the puck at about sixty times a second. The players at about fifteen times a second. We think those are really, really optimal numbers right now uh, to provide us with X, Y, Z coordinates for all the players in the puck position. And from those coordinates, from that raw data, we can calculate almost an endless number of derivatives, speed for the players, speed for the puck, distance traveled, but we can also get, you know, just far more granular with how we look at things like, you know, controlled zone entries or time of possession and start to, to capture these things, even time on ice with a much higher degree of accuracy because we know exactly when those players are getting on and off the ice. We know exactly when that player is crossing the blue line. You know, on the, on the back end, it takes some time takes a lot of time to get data in and to look for patterns to find those really interesting areas of, of insight and that's that's what we're in the process with, uh, uh, with doing right now with some of our, of our partners like AWS and, and SAP. 
Uh, you obviously work closely with the Players Association to develop all this tech. Uh, what does players originally uh, think about these chips in the back of their jerseys? Well, depending on how we define originally, um, <laughs> you know, there was a lot of speculation and the more that, that everyone understood about it and, and what it could do and why we would do it, you know, things started to change. I'd say, you know, the Players Association has really been great. And, and did the players have questions? Absolutely. You know, and rightfully so. They wanted to know um, what was what was being captured and how was it going to be utilized. But they've been a huge ally in this, primarily because they they sort of see the value in it, right? So both from a, a player, you know, from a performance optimization standpoint for themselves and for their teams, there's a lot of good data that they can analyze to help themselves and to help their teams. And also from the standpoint of thinking about how we can grow the game and the league and interest and, and fan engagement, they they saw it, you know, very clearly, very early. So, you know, obviously things like sports betting and how this data can lend itself to the to the creation of new bet types for hockey and real-time odds and probabilities so fans can bet in-game, um, how it can, can support the live game broadcast and, and free-to-play apps and all kinds of, of, of new content programming that we can develop to really both educate casual and introductory fans to the NHL and give super avid fans an opportunity to just go deeper and analyze more and, you know, debate things with their friends they've never been able to do. Now, there was a very small issue with the new pucks at the start of the season. Can you explain what the problem was and how you guys fixed it? Um, the issue that we had was with the actual manufacturing of the rubber encasement. So if you think about the puck, there's there's a number of things that need to come together. There's the actual infrared sensor or light emitter that's in the middle of the puck. Think of it as like a chip that goes inside the middle. There's the, the manufacturing of the vulcanized rubber that needs to fit perfectly uh, around that, that sensor. There's a buffing process and the application of our team logos and our NHL shield and Mr. Benton's signature, right, to, to get a to get a final puck. And you know, we had the pucks in play throughout the entirety of last season's Stanley Cup playoffs and final to great success. Uh, unfortunately, you know, things were a little crazy this year <laughs> for everyone. But um, you know, we we obviously had very little time without a preseason to get things ready. And I think there was a slight tweak made to the actual process for manufacturing, really to the final process, to that end finishing product. So it didn't take long um, for our most skilled players to kind of realize something was just a little off, like the puck wasn't sliding well. Now, again, this had nothing to do with the actual technology inside the puck. It had to do with the, the applications and the buffing of the outside of the puck, which the players could feel, you know, when they were stick handling. So we took the pucks back. Tested them, realized, yep, yeah, we just kind of didn't finish the last part of that process. We're in the process of manufacturing all those pucks now. They've gone through all the proper processes uh, like we had in place last season. We also made some enhan further enhancements, so we think it's an even better puck. And, and now we're just going through a QC process and some final testing before we get it back in play. So they cost a bit more now, obviously. Uh, puck used to cost around, I think, $2 with the new guts inside to help track. Uh, they cost around 40 bucks. So when fans get back in the building, Dave, are they still able to take a puck home that finds its way into the stands? Or are we going to have retrievers out there? <laughs> they will be. They will be. Those are those are incredible moments. Long-lasting bonds and, and, and fandom is established on, can be established on. So, yeah, no, no, no doubt about it. Fans can still take those, those pucks home. Um, with regard to the puck, 
pucks, just obviously now every puck has its own identification and serial number. And we know exactly when it's put into play. And we know, you know, when every puck was utilized uh, for every moment of the game. So, you know, there's a lot of interesting things that we could potentially do with those pucks, knowing exactly when each one was used and, you know, which puck was used for every shot, save, goal, you name it. So we're, we're thinking about that. But for right now, absolutely, every fan can take every puck. The speed at which player information is updated now with all this new tech and delivered to organizations obviously has huge implication for coaches behind the bench. Can you talk a bit about what you're developing to help them use it or that they're using now? Sure. So... I think, like we said before, you know, that raw data has so much value um, for everyone in the NHL ecosystem, right? Most notably our fans, but certainly for players and coaches and general managers and hockey ops um, and league officials. And so we are going through that process right now, determining the the most valuable data for, for everyone. Uh, what we have done, though, is, you know, we, we built a pretty remarkable in-arena coaching system. We've got Apple iPads on, on all the benches, and we've been delivering data uh, and, and highlights uh, in-game to all of those iPads. So everyone on the bench, the players and the coaches um, have access to it in real time throughout the game. What we're adding now is the puck and player tracking data from the season, which is now available. We're starting to add that to that, that system and that infrastructure and are determining the best means for which, you know, the, the coaches and the players want to see that data throughout the context of the game. So it's going to be pretty incredible. You know, I think, you know, there's this, this term real time and, you know, what does it actually mean? You know, for us, it's, it's like sub 200 milliseconds. It's like really, really fast, like basically real time. Mm. And that has always been an absolute priority for us. And I think if you look at some of the other leagues, they may have built and, and still be using tracking systems that don't deliver data in real time. And they, based on, you know, the, the uniqueness of their sport, that may be okay for them because they may have a lot of stoppages and a lot of time in between plays where they can, they can capture that data. Hockey, as you know, it moves fast and we've got 60 minutes of actual play and we have very few stoppages. And so it's imperative that we deliver the data in true real time so they can, they can make use of it, right? That they can actually find opportunities to sort of consume it. But if it's not there, when we've got this, you know, when a whistle blows, it might not be useful to a team at all. So, you know, that may be one of the most um, compelling aspects of the system we built is not only the ability to aggregate all this data, but the ability to aggregate and process it distributed in real time. And that's really what the coaches are looking for. Is there a plan to implement this technology as a means to help officials review play, make better calls on the ice? We're looking at that for sure, right? You know, we know right now today, we know that there are certain elements of the data that coaches already want, the players already want, that broadcasters already want. Uh, but we're looking at all of that and beyond to try and see what we can possibly utilize from an officiating standpoint. Um, we'll see, you know, obviously it's early, but um, we'll see what kind of analytics and metrics come out of it. There are other in arena solutions that we are working on for the officials. Obviously, we've had a longstanding, you know, um, success with our, our in arena video review process and how we've been operating that from our uh, hockey ops headquarters in Toronto. And so we've been constantly building on that to provide just more opportunities for both the officials on the ice and the officials in Toronto to not only communicate, but to share data, including, you know, analytics and video in real time. And so we'll see, there may be some 
uh, enhancements that we can make to that system coming out of. Dave, how have uh, your initial goals with player tracking data changed over the last, you know, five years? So, you know, that's a, that's a great question because when we picked it up and really in earnest started focusing on uh, or, or really committing to building a tracking system, the primary objective was still to enhance the live game broadcast, right? Help our broadcasters and our media partners, whether it's a linear feed or, or a stream or a, a digital stream to complement that broadcast so people can get a better sense for the skill and the speed of our players, right? The, how fast they're moving, how fast the shot the puck is moving, uh, why positioning matters, triangulating, you know, with visualizations, player position on a penalty kill, being able to do all those things we knew was going to have huge value for us. But certainly, you know, things just started to change a lot over those five years. And the best example I could give is, is sports betting in the United States, right? No, no one anticipated even just five years ago that we'd be in the position where we are now with just any, you know, I think today there's like 12 states that have legislation that's pending, right? So it's about to really, really open up. Well, if you have the ability to process real-time location data for all of your players and, and, and the puck for every game of the season, um, you can create some pretty incredible betting experiences off of that. And again, coming back to that real-time portion of it, you know, most of the growth in betting in sports uh, has come from in-play betting, right? So there's, there's always been a lot of pre- and post-game betting, you know, who's going to win, what's the line, those types of things uh, on game outcome. But with regard to being able to bet throughout the entirety of a game, uh, not only on who's going to win, but who's going to score the next goal or whether or not a team will score on a power play or just any, you know, who the fastest skater for the period might be. I mean, you can go on and on and on, but one, you have to be able to capture the data. And then like we said, you've got to be able to distribute it to an odds maker to create a, a probability to push that out. And then to have it all exist within a, a user, you know, uh, interface that allows someone to place a bet within seconds. And so, you know, that is something that we just were not thinking of five, five years ago, but thankfully based on the way we built the system and where we're placed today, we're now taking advantage of it and think we're going to be able to really, really, really transform the betting experience for hockey. Uh, in the last six months, the NHL began uh, some new partnerships, uh, Verizon, Amazon Web Services. Uh, how do these new deals further drive the technology initiatives you're working on and as well enhance uh, the fans' experience? They are uh, critical. And so, you know, I think this is part of our bigger, broader strategy. But, you know, probably like every property, we sat back and, and realized, Ah, there are all these things we'd love to do. We'd love to start building AR uh, functionality and experiences for our fans and VR content and, you know, live betting experiences and, and automated replays with tracking functionality, like all of these things that we all know will really enhance the fan experience, both in arena and out. But in order to do that, you need to have some pretty important infrastructure in place. So we started down that path and bringing in SAP quite a long time ago to, to sort of be a, a data warehousing partner for us and someone who could really help us um, realign all the statistics that we had uh, on a league basis. We obviously brought in Apple and there's so much that we're getting out of that partnership, but you know, most notably, you know, leveraging the best devices in the world, the iPads on the benches, and, and now, you know, using their expertise to build on that and build other applications for phones and for, for, for Apple Watch. Um, and then looking at the arena infrastructure and determining, well, geez, if we build any of these applications, or if we, you know, want to get close to a point where a fan can 
open up and engage with a real-time betting app when there are 18,000 people sitting around them all trying to access their phone at the same time, maybe to do something similar. We're going to have to drastically upgrade the wireless environment and infrastructure in, in our arenas. And so that led us to uh, the partnership we established with Verizon. And you know, the, the foundation of that is to install 5G and other forms of, of wireless connectivity, CBRS, Wi-Fi 6, and, and really upgrade the environment so we can deploy all these experiences for our fans to be able to, um, to uh, enjoy. And then on the AWS front, the building block there, it's really video. So we're installing new cameras to capture um, new 4K video from positions we've never been in before, uh, which we think will be super additive for our fans. Uh, and we're going to migrate all of our video, everything we produce, live games, uh, highlights, shoulder programming to the AWS cloud infrastructure and leverage their incredible AI and ML to analyze that video to start coming up with all kinds of, of, of new metrics and analytics that can complement the puck and player tracking data and sort of be tied to that puck and player tracking data. So now you kind of have a, 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 a connection between data and video. So no matter what you pull up or what you're looking at or what you, you search for, you'll get the data with the video or the video with the data. So, you know, all, all four of them have been critical to getting us to where we are today which is really now being in a position where we have all the infrastructure, all the tools, all the expertise, and literally the world's best resources and technology to start building the best possible experiences and applications for our fans, our media partners, and of course, our, our players and our coaches. Did you get a chance to further this technology and, and build better partnerships because of this pause in normal life we've had? We had a lot of momentum with those partners and we were pretty deep into the process with um, uh, the development of the puck and player tracking system. I will say that, you know, it probably for everyone, it, it just it just shined a light on uh, the importance of, you know, digital platforms for delivering meaningful content and that that they can. Uh, and probably will do so for for even more fans, you know, coming out of this because of the experiences with what we're doing right now, right? We're you know sort of we're engaging with one another, you know, um, um, through through screens and devices. So you know, I think that just kind of raised up sort of the the importance and the awareness and the interest in building out more of these experiences for fans from a digital standpoint. Um, and it did allow us to some degree uh, maybe be a little more focused in the things that we were working on. Um, and so, you know, knowing that when we return to play, it would be critical for us to have that type of environment um, in our arenas for fans. You know, it, it kind of pushed it up a little bit higher in the levels of prioritization. So it really worked out well. And, and you know, uh, this is not hyperbole. I mean, we we could not be happier about the partnerships that we have, the companies that we're working with, and the level of collaboration that they all have with one another. Uh, I really do think we're going to start pumping out like you know, truly best in class experiences. I agree. Well, Dave, I think a lot of people, including myself, learned a lot here. Uh, it's a very interesting side of the NHL experience. I appreciate you sharing some inside info, giving us a window into your work today on the show. Thank you very much. Absolutely. Anytime. Uh, really enjoyed talking to you. 
You know, I got the idea to interview Dave after seeing him chatting with the broadcast crew from the New York Islanders during a game a couple weeks ago and just being enthralled as he spoke about how far this tech has come and how it's pushing the boundaries of the fan experience uh, in the age of content delivery where, you know, the average fan may not necessarily be sitting down in front of the TV every night right at puck drop to watch a game. Uh, it's awesome to see that the league is keeping up to speed with how folks not only absorb their content and how this new player tracking information can entertain them but also you know how the casual fan and avid fan may want to dive deeper into the sport they love maybe even bet and win some money at the same time uh we'll be watching closely to see how it develops further uh when fans actually get back into the building uh hopefully safely and as soon as possible well, that's it for the show today. Thank you again for tuning in. Don't forget to download, rate, review, and subscribe wherever you get podcasts. My name is Johnny Infamous. You can follow me on Twitter. Don't forget to throw my friends at the Hockey Podcast Network a follow as well. I will see you next week. Be good to each other. Join Johnny Infamous every Wednesday at noon for Between Whistles. Subscribe and watch live on YouTube or listen wherever you get your podcasts. Brought to you by the Hockey Podcast Network. Presented by DraftKings. Use promo code THPN to unlock rewards at DraftKings.com.